Good evening and welcome to Random Cinema. My name is Andrew, the Pembridge Scholars. And I am the recently mummified Brennan. And here we are talking about... 1999's The Mummy. Brendan Fraser. Brendan motherfucking Fraser. In all of his loveliness, uh, 1999's Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yeah. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Anybody else grow up watching this fucking movie? I love this fucking movie. I'm going to call this, this is one of Brenny's biased films, okay? I have nothing bad to say about 1999's The Mummy. Yeah, there's not going to be too many negative things said about this film, that's for damn sure. Yeah. Not too many negative things one can say about, well, there are. But, I mean, to be fair, the special effects, it's 1999. Are you really going to nitpick Stephen Somers' vision, who wrote and directed 1999's Brendan Fraser's The Mummy? (laughs) I'm the nittiest of pickers when it comes to this movie. I'm kidding. I love this movie. No, it's a great film. We can we can talk about it. we can we can shit on it a little bit. Oh, they'll be piss in its eye. There'll be a little there'll be a little sand thrown in his face later on. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fair. Okay, well, at a time in the '90s when there was a lot of pulpy kind of action films coming out, we had things like The Shadow, we had things like The Phantom and stuff like that. And then like oh, The Phantom, I remember yeah, right, oh, Billy Zane, right, almost Bruce Campbell, almost Bruce Campbell. But yeah, Billy Zane, Billy Zane, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. The you listen to your buddy Billy. He's a cool guy. Right. <laughs> but not other like other fantastic action films like Fight Club. Yeah, freaking The Matrix and all these freaking like freaking The Matrix. All these films like out. just besides like Paul like the nineties are just like a solid action film era. Oh yeah, and like this is also like Brendan Fraser was doing his own stunts too a lot of times. So it was kind of you know, it was a it was a time. This was like peak Fraser too. Yeah, this was like the peak of his career before he kind of got taken advantage of by the Hollywood monster. <laughs> Which, I don't know if we really need to go into that here, but if you know anything about Brendan Fraser's career, it got pretty sad after this. It did for a while. Well, until, like, then after, got, like, The Mummy Returns. Yeah, and then, like, the ultimate third chapter, we all love The Scorpion King, which is actually not that bad, but a very weird... No, there's a third Mummy movie with Brendan well, Fraser. Is there? Yeah. I know. Uh, Raquel Weiss is, out, is not in it. Rachel Wise? Rachel, yes, sorry. Raquel Wise is I'm, in that one, but yeah. Rachel Wise is in these. Rachel Wise, um... I don't like to acknowledge the third Mummy film. That's that's fair. There's times where I'm like, why does this exist? You know what I mean? I think I feel about it the same way a lot of people feel about the Star Wars prequel films, which I think are basically space Shakespeare at this point. But, you know. That's funny, because they were made in the Shakespeare. Oh! Ooh. Oh! Um... But yeah, yeah, well, speaking of Brendan <coughs> Fraser, he talk about a guy on the fucking rise. Eh? Yeah, it's the uh, the Fraser songs. The Fraser songs. I don't know. <laughs> he's like he's on the rise. What's that one? Yeah, it's the Fraser songs. He's coming back. No, but everyone's everyone's loving Brendan now. It's a good thing because he needs it. Okay, he needs to come back. Hashtag yeah. save Brendan Fraser. Well, he was in like he Fraser. wasn't in tons of things before, but like Doom Patrol, he's been in the last. I need three seasons of Doom Patrol. He was amazing in the first season. I need to watch that show. Yeah, I've I've only watched the first season. I haven't seen the second yet. They're all on Crave, I think. Cool. Not to plug Crave, but they're all on Crave, I think. We do not support Crave here, nor do we not support Crave. Crave wants to throw us some sponsorship, Uh, for sure. (laughs) Crave created one of my all-time favorite shows, so let's not shit on Crave. What's that show called? That show is called Leonard Kenny. Oh, shit. I am more than happy to shout out Leonard Kenny anytime we can. I'm going to shout out Leonard Kenny every episode I fucking can, because Jaren Kiso is amazing. You should play Wolverine. 
he should not because he doesn't like Hollywood. Well, those just. But he he would be. Marvel would show up with all that money, and they'd be like, "Come on, you're Canadian." He'd be like, "Well, I think maybe that's not a bad idea. I think I'm gonna be Wolverine anyway." Yeah, that's the worst impression. That's horrible. That's That's a horrible way, and that's why we're moving right along. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the Mummy, a movie with uh, Brendan Fraser. Rachel Weisz. Uh, Rachel Weisz. Um, and the other actors. <laughs> the, yeah, some, some other, like, well, so many of these people are, like, clearly red shirts. Oh, yeah. That it doesn't super matter who played them. Um, I don't remember the name of the guy who played the leader of the Magi. Yeah, he was in a bunch of other cool shit after this, though. Was he? Well, he was in that show Sleeper Cell. Oh, okay. You know? I didn't see that. No, I don't think uh, a lot of people He was in, did. like, The Mummy Returns. I remember him from The Mummy Returns. And then, like, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Oh, yeah! Yeah. Oh, my God, he's in that I forgot. Because he's, like, he's the the professional. He's the actual Gigolo. Yeah, he's the actual Gigolo that Rob Schneider replaces. Which, watching that movie, I always wondered how I was, like, I know why Rob Schneider would end up with these, like, Gigoloing these women, but how did this guy have these clients? It made no sense. Anyway. Yeah. Let's let's move back into the moment here. (laughs) Back to the moment. We veered off. Um, It's a a remake of the 30s. 1932 classic, The Mummy. 1932 classic. Lon Chaney Jr.'s The Mummy. Yeah. Um, I don't know how accurate of a retelling it is. I don't think it's accurate. (laughs) It's not like there's like the Rick O'Connell from this movie that's in comparison to the Rick O'Connell. It's not like that. I think in the old one, it's just, it's pretty simple. They just go into the tomb. They find the mummy. The mummy stalks them for a while. The old... I actually haven't really seen it. I imagine it's a downplayed version of this. Yeah. You know? I imagine it's a little more simplistic version of this. Yeah. I don't think there could be, like, living sand walls chasing people through no. scarab-infested tombs. Which, um, I gotta say, pretty cool. Like, this is just a cool movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, The Mummy is... Like, this movie came out at a certain time in my life. Like, I'm a millennial who's 32-ish. And, like, so when this came out, I was a wee lad, and I didn't really dig Indiana Jones right away. And this is, like, new age Indiana Jones. You know? This is swashbuckling to a T. And see, I, I'm the exact opposite of that. Like, I grew up, like, super loving anything that had to do with, like, history and, like, grave robbers and stuff. Like, Indiana Jones was one of my favorite movie franchises, still is. Um... Like me and my sister would watch Tia Carrera's Relic Hunter constantly. I remember that show. Yeah, if you do. Tia Carrera. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Carrera? Tia Carrera, whatever. Whatever, I yeah. Know. I always said it. I, I always remember the theme and being like, this show seems like it's going to be fun, and then yeah. I started watching it and I get very bored. It was, on, it was always on between Hercules and Xena. It's true. So, yeah. Oh, Relic yeah. Hunter. Relic Hunter is so good. Uh, and then, well, I use that loosely. It was it was alright. It's not bad. Yeah, you're a history for the quality of yeah. television. It was um, yeah, the uh, the the late nineties. Yeah, the um, late nineties. But yeah, no. So I like I grew up <laughs> with these kind of stories, like constantly, like and like even the books and comic books I re- was reading at the time were all older. Oh yeah. So they were all this kind of thing. So I was always like super into it. And when it came out, like again, it came out in like a golden era of all these movies and it's just one of those ones that like stuck with me mm-hmm. and like this movie too like it straight up goes for a very like overall horror theme like they were they were basically straight up trying to make a, a remake of, of a horror film so it leads with horror tones and you can feel that throughout the entire film and like even like the mummy the creature itself like uh, you know Emotep ooh you know he's like this villain stuck with me for like a long time like not even just as like a like a 
a really good actor, but also just like a very good bad guy. Like if you would have told me, oh, the Mummy's going to be a pretty scary film, I would have been like, fuck, Mummies aren't scary. Like that's some Scooby Doo shit. And it's like this actually kind of made them not just like scary, but also like kind of an action villain. Yeah, you know. Every time I hear, every time I hear the Mummy, slight sidetrack. Every time I hear the Mummy, I always think of the Office. Why would a museum have a mummy in it? <laughs> um, I was thinking about that fucking cartoon, The Mummy's Alive. <laughs> I'm like, oh, nineties. No, I under, I totally understand what you, where you're coming from with that. Like, Imhotep is a really great mm. villain, especially because like the reason he's a villain, the reason they did what he did, isn't like that bad. Yeah. Like, really, he like murdered the pharaoh because the pharaoh was keeping him from the woman he loved, kind of thing. Oh. And like stopped him from raising. Are you like it. defending the villain right now? Are no, you, like, I'm just Barney like Stinson. I really the... like how they Johnny I... Lawrence was the real karate. Kid. I just really enjoy <laughs> how they like, like you feel for it. the villain isn't like a mindless thing doing evil. Like he's trying to raise, like he's going to extremes and like he's killing people and you shouldn't be glad that he's doing what he's doing. He's but true. you understand what's driving him. Like oh. it's not some supernatural force that's driving him is he wants his girlfriend back. Yeah, he's also, like, pulling some mad genie shit on these guys. He's just like, anyone... Like, I wrote on the box, anybody who comes and takes my stuff, <laughs> I get to come and take your life force and shit. And they're just like, whatever, man, fuck that, y'all are Americans, and, like, you know... Which brings me to, like... He lays it out very, very, very specifically. Brings me to my major con with this movie. Like, my only real problem with the, this movie is that it you are hit over the head repeatedly by the chest with the things being like whoever opens this chest the monster will come and like steal your life force and like Evie when they find the sarcophagus with Imhotep in it knows because of where it's buried that he did something evil to be put there it's true and then as they like unwrap this onion foil candy of horribleness it's true each layer there's a new little plaque saying hey don't go forward there's evil inside yeah, it's like you, you know sure you want to open this don't evil Are dead inside smart? like you know <laughs> don't open dead inside yeah like it, it's just again and again like even to a point where it's like played off as humor because when they're about to read from the book the wind gusts up and like blows <laughs> yeah. out the fire a little <laughs> bit and he like pulls his shotgun tighter and he's like that happens a lot around here because well, yeah. that's like the fourth time it's happened in the movie <laughs> yeah it's true one of my favorite lines is the professor running out screaming you mustn't read from the book when she reads from the book because he it's knows true. and she did it too damn it yeah. Rachel Wise which by the way this was like this is the woman that made me like understand that there was this was the sexual awakening of my life okay I was a young lad and then I saw Rachel Wise and this was like oh boy I'm sure that I'm sure that can be said for a lot of people well I'm half quoting the fact that there actually is a pretty big following of people online that talk about how it's like a lot of people's sexual awakenings occurred when they watched The Mummy in 1999 it's like <laughs> It's like there's people like, who had that, and then there were people with, like, the Lola Bunny from Space Jam. That hit me, too. Yeah, and, like... Which now Lola Bunny's all both. censored, and it's bullshit. Oh, <laughs> well, get off your soul. <laughs> uh, but, no, like... We need to bring back raunchy comedy. There's, um... Yeah, that's just a thing that, like, was out there at the time. Like, there's so many people, and it made such an impact at the time that... There would be a lot of people. It's true. You know, it's a lot of necrophiles, that. too. We're like, man, I really want to fuck a half dead mummy. Yeah. And I was like, man, that household was weird. No, was, all right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, the horror aspects are very abundant in this film. Yeah, they do. They lean into the horror, but they also balance it really well with like good action sequences 
and good comedic timing. Yeah, I'd say you could call this. This is a horror comedy. Yeah, just like right up my alley. It's my kind of movie, you know. And like, not to understate this, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that felt this way. I watched this movie like a fucking a hundred times at least. Yeah, when I, I was like when I, when I was rewatching this, I was quoting lines before they were being said. I feel yeah, like. I've watched the shit out of this fucking movie, and I think we all did because we all love Brendan Fraser because of it. Yep. Well, he's Encino, man. It's true! He's George in the Jungle. He's awesome! You've got to love him. I, like, I miss him now. <laughs> until after until after The Mummy Returns, then nobody liked it. Yeah. i got to give the props, though, to Steven Somers here. He wrote and directed this thing. Yeah. I think he did that for the second movie, too. Pro, I think so. Which we're not talking about, The Mummy Returns, but yeah. still, you know. There was a sequel we've mentioned a few times. Yeah. Honestly, i got to say, this is the one where they like, we're making a, a horror movie with comedic tones. Where, like, the second movie is like a fucking awesome swashbuckling action yeah, movie. Yeah, that's a straight adventure. Yeah. Film, the second film, sure. like, that theme is like. Yeah. It's like always. I'm like, yeah, this is a fun movie. It's very much it's so a driving great. theme. Yeah, I love that fucking second yeah. movie. Because I think this is one of those films where, like, the same thing happens when you watch, say, like, Tremors. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a Tremors reference. It's like, when you watch the first one, you watch the second one. You're like, all right, let's. It's a double view. Let's go. Like that's what happens with this movie. It's that good, guys. It's a Brennan five out of five. Yeah, this <laughs> the sequel is the sequel is a solid sequel. It's one of the few few sequels of films that came out at this time that actually was really good. Yeah, I think it was like 2001. It came out or something. Like something it was pretty like that, quickly yeah. afterwards. They were like, we're going for another one. Let's do it. Yeah. And then it didn't. I think it didn't do well financially. The second one for some reason. And like they just didn't. Oh no. Then they decided to make the fucking Scorpion King. Yeah, they spun the Scorpion King franchise out of that, which there's like two or three Scorpion King movies. Yeah, which, to be fair, I mean, at the end of the second film, they kind of wrap up everything they need to wrap up. They're like, we're cool, we don't need to, we need to fight Emotep again, or some other guy. Yeah. You know, and then they decided to do it again with the movie I won't talk about. Yeah, the Dragon Emperor? Yeah, whatever, Something Jet like Li's that. in it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a painful I, movie to watch. There were moments where I was... Where I forgot I was, like, not liking it. Yeah. And then they would make, then somebody else would make another joke about how different Evie looked. And I'm like, yeah, it's because she's played by a blonde now. Yeah, like, they didn't even try to get someone that would, like, look kind of like her. They're just, like, completely different person. Yeah. Which takes me out of it. And, like, they make the son, like, weirdly, like, I guess he's aged up properly for what they're trying to do. It's just just weird. It's unnecessary. It's a fucking unnecessary movie. The kid was a dick, too, though. Yeah, I like the kid. Um, but, like... For me, like I kept, Stalk. I kept getting taken out of it. Like every yeah. time I would forget or like be like, oh, okay, she's she's acceptable. Somebody would make another joke about it, and I would be like, yeah, I get it. It's like the writers just thought this was the best joke ever. Yeah. Again, now we're talking about the third film. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> um, let's let's bring it back to the first one and talk about the our uh, our hero. Oh Rick yeah, O'Connell. Rick O'Connell. Who I love I... me, I love me Rick O'Connell. He's so believable. Yeah, he's fucking awesome. He is. Yeah. Are you being are you being sarcastic? No, okay, I love cool. him. He's like, I feel like okay. Some people growing up watching movies like this, it's like you take on threads of characters that you're inspired by, and they make him a part of your personality. And like, there's a part of me that is Rick O'Connell. I yeah. swear, like this, you know, he was he was the Han Solo and not in space, you know. Yeah, that's fair. And he's kind of he's in the desert. Yeah, I, I like him. I'm. Blaspheme. I like him a little better than Han Solo. Whoa, um, that's fair. It's all right. Because, like, for me, like, Rick O'Connell is, I call him really believable because, like, he's not a great shot. 
we see him repeatedly empty his revolvers to take out one guy. Yeah. Even even at the beginning when he's like a badass like foreign legionnaire like defending the temple. Yeah. He's like he's like, are you dead? Are you dead? Are you dead? As he pumps like shot after shot into this dead body. Yeah, that's true. Um, and like he is not afraid to just book it. If he's if he knows like there's no way he's gonna win and he can run, he's gonna it's freaking true. run, he, man. He will he's try to run. He de- he definitely has to start getting brave over the course of the movies though, because like, like by the end of the first one, he's he's definitely doing all a lot of the fighting. And then the second one, I swear his shot must have improved. Yeah, but well, he's like he's supposed to be like more defense, like more defensive of his family, right? Like yeah, that's true. kind of how I saw it. Was like he has to protect his family, mm-hmm. where in the first one. He's just he starts Rick. out trying to find his family. Like he's well, first time he meets like Evie, he's like about to be hung. Like he's just yeah. like I have fucked up. They're about a to lot. kill him. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, he's a co- he's a cool character. I think uh, he, you know I don't think he actually gets a, like, enough sort of reference. I think in a lot of like lists of characters that are iconic for, for like for movies. I don't see Rick O'Connell pop up that often. And I think he deserves more shoutouts. He's cool. Yeah, no, whole, that's fair. You know what? The whole O'Connell fucking family is cool, alright? Even <laughs> Jonathan, who's great in this film. Well, yeah, he's not <laughs> O'Connell. No, no. He's a brother-in-law, but no, he's like... Jonathan's... Jonathan in this film, more than the second one, or the third one, is like definitely the comic relief. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, sometimes the sidekick, but more like how Gilligan was the sidekick to the skipper, like... He's not really helping. <laughs> he's yeah. there to like crack jokes and drink people's liquor. Yeah, it's true. He's like uh, story fodder a little bit. Yeah, you know, he's like a buffer. Yeah, he's like we've had enough of two characters. Always like, so what's Jonathan doing? He's like, oh, he's drunk. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking to a camel. Yeah, and then he gets sobered up for like whenever danger occurs. He's uh, like, I'm up. I'm awake. But, but no, I just really love how like Rick O'Connell and like yeah, all the other O'Connells, but and they're not Rick really the O'Connells, but the I'm, I'm jumping yeah. ahead. They're not really them in the second movie. So. Yeah. But in like in this one, especially at like meeting him as his own character, like yeah. he's not painted as like your superhero of the film. Like he's not like doing backflips and like one shotting people. Yeah, he's he's just a guy who's like not in his element who's surviving. Yeah, which like I don't know. Like this was also like before the superhero era, which like I kind of forgot the superhero era started like in two thousand three or four. Like, yeah. I was, like, when Spider-Man hit, it was like, oh, okay, superhero films, you know, because they were breaking the bank. This was kind of before that happened, so, like, the idea of making, like, a this, like, adventure film out in the fucking middle of Egypt was kind of like, oh, this is cool, you know? Yeah. It's different. Yeah, this is kind of the, like, this is kind of, like, the early days of, like, you were getting things like, like you said, like, The Shadow and, like, The Phantom. Yeah. But you were also, like, new strip, like, comic strip heroes. Mm-hmm. But you were also, like, this was right around, like, yeah, like, Spider-Man, X-Men... First yeah. Domino. Yeah. The first arc of, you know, a disconnected Marvel movies and shit. Yeah. No, you're right. And like I don't know, I kinda of feel like it filled the filled the hole. Yeah. That it didn't necessarily know it was filling. Yeah, because the yeah. these movies, these films are classic. Like, especially this this like The Mummy is a fucking classic film. Like if I ever taught a film class, I would definitely talk about this as like a good example of a classical narrative movie. Yeah. You know? Like, it's just fun. It's the epitome of a of a roller coaster kind of popcorn movie. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely like a blockbuster. Like, it's an example of like a what I would consider a summer blockbuster. Yeah, yeah. But then stuck in our nostalgia forever. Yeah. To me, this is like a Disney movie with violence. Yeah, you know, even though it's a legitimate horror action. It earns. Uh, it has kind of wormed its way into a lot of people's like like traditions of movies. Yeah. 
So much so that I played the Mummy game on wow. PlayStation when it came out because I wanted to try it. And you want to know what, folks? Like most movie games, it was pissed. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> it was that a bad game. Sounds horrible. But it was cool to play as Rick O'Connor. Yeah, um, <laughs> I kind of want to. I want to talk about Evie a little bit. Yeah, let's Evelyn. Talk to, let's talk um, to Rachel Wise. Yeah, uh, and how she calls out the patriarchy a few times. Because this movie's set in, like, what, 1929? Yeah. Something like that? So, 1929 Egypt, like, post-World War One, pre-World War Two Egypt. Yep. And she's an, she's an Egyptologist at the Cairo Museum, or she's a, she works in the Cairo Museum in the archives and stuff. But, like, she's, she's like, yeah, one of the only reasons I'm back here is because, you know, I need, they won't let me progress because I need experience, but I can't get experience because... I'm the only you know woman around who can catalog a library and yeah can do this and and this and they're just keeping her parked. Yeah, and there are a few times where like even when they're out in the field, there are a few things that like oh you can't do that. You're like the guy who's leading the expedition for the Americans when they're like digging somewhere else and the Americans are like do they know something we don't? He's like what do they know? They're following. They're led yeah, by a woman. They're following a woman. Yeah. They're led by a woman. They do point that out a lot in this movie, too. They're just like, Evie is pretty much the only woman in a thousand miles in this fucking movie. Who can... Yeah. I did not <laughs> notice that until I rewatched it. And I was like, Who wasn't, oh, yeah. wasn't a hooker in the hotel bar? Yeah. Yeah. There's no other women even a thousand miles in any direction. Or a motherfucking corpse. Movie. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess there's like... Uh, not No, what's her fucking face? Uh, Anux to the Anux moon. To the moon yeah. But like, she has no fucking lines and she dies. Well, she's like, <laughs> she's a mummy in the... Yeah. With uh, with Evie there, yeah, that's the only true. time they meet in this movie. Yeah, exactly, right. You know? Yeah, I do like that. This well, I guess we can't really talk. about I like that the second film bridges this film really well together. They work as a part one and two. Is so it well. really? Yeah, it's a really solid sequel. That's why yeah. we keep bringing it up. I know this this review is or this discussion, this cinema uh, discussion has this turned into more of a discussion of these part these two films. Yeah, <laughs> and how they're fucking great. Um, I also kind of want to talk about how how fucking crap it would be to be mummified alive. Yes, like what happened to Imhotep. That's like one of my few cons I wrote. Literally in my notes, it says, being mummified alive, now with scarabs, that would suck. Yeah, that is a con to this movie. That is something I didn't want to know about being mummified, and it would suck. Yeah, he's like, basically all they did was like, pull out his tongue, and then wrap him up in linens, and then shove him in a box. Yes, we can't move But left his eye holes open and stuff, and then dumped a bunch of living scarabs. Who, if you don't know, scarabs are like flesh-eating bugs that, like, in this movie, are like huge, supernaturally large and aggressive, and like will burrow through your skin, which makes some for some great horror shots. Yep, but not like, super believable. There was some when I was a kid. I remember like the scene where he's like, and he's like sitting in the fucking sarcophagus, and they like pour the bugs on him. He's like, nah! like I remember as a kid being like, not the bees. That's gonna get, that's gonna be stuck in my head for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, that's why I know this is a. It's, it's definitely a horror movie because there's scenes that are not meant for kids. In yeah, this movie. It's oh like, yeah, no, that's this definitely up. not a horror movie. Yeah. Or not a movie for kids. Um, my favorite part with the scarabs is when the warden who goes with them is like popping the blue gold scarab. Oh yeah, things are just like um, like icons off the wall, and then he drops one, and like a living scarab pops out. Which first of all, how did they get it in there? Yeah, it's like and it's, how did it live in there for for hundreds of thousands it's a of years? Supernatural scarab, for thousands man. of years. Yeah, um, but I like for me the moment that it truly transitions or feels like it's starting to transition into a horror movie is when that scarab burrows into his skin. Yeah. We see it move through his body up into his brain. Yeah. And then the next time we see him, he is running full tilt, screaming at the top of his lungs, clutching his head 
into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, his brain's being slowly munched on. Yeah, is being eaten by a scarab. That sucks. Oh, That would be a horrible way to die. Like, a horrible way to die. Yeah. Because you'd eventually just start, like, oh, your body would just start to do strange things because your brain was being nibbled at. Yeah. That would just, oh, be nuts. And, like, it would eventually, it would get to a part where you didn't even know that was happening. Yeah, you'd just be like, oh. No. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying yeah. to think of. And that's when it stops being a family movie, guys. And yeah. it, it starts turning into a fucking horror well, show. It's kind, of a, it's kind of an adventure movie up until that point. Yeah, there's like, like the race across the desert. They see Hamanoptera, or the City of yeah. the Dead, or whatever. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, they're like, oh man, there it is. And they do the digging, and then like some fucking roadies get fried by shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? Salt acid. Yeah, like pressurized ah, like, so, salt acid. It's like so glad those even redder shirts got that in one scene. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, yeah, then it basically starts turning into sort of a weird disconnected slasher. It's like all these characters start dropping. Yeah, well, they start getting um, the mummy that oh, Evie awakens by reading from oh. the book starts, um, starts, you know, trying to get back to full strength, which she does by basically pulling all of the moisture and, like, vitality out of the people who have the canopic jars, right? Yeah. What's so all the Americans? Yeah. I know that once he gets, he's, once he's at full charge, too, he, like, <laughs> then they're like, we're going back to Amenoptera, and then they're like, alright, we gotta chase him down. Well, I keep forgetting about that part. That's the MacGuffin that keeps them in the movie, right? Because, like, yeah. you could really just piece out of that point. Well, this is, this is the other thing that kind of bugs me, is the fact that everybody loves Evie, because she seems to be the only woman within a thousand, <laughs> yeah, thousand which miles. Yeah, which is annoying. Who also happens to be the Perfect vessel to reincarnate a Noxuna Moon. Yeah, he kidnaps her. Man, you really gotta watch these before we talk about the films. Dude, I watched the movie. I just I know, sort of I'm was, a hard time. I got kind of uh, stoned for the last twenty minutes. I was like, I know how this ends. I don't know um, what's going on? There's Benny. Yeah, we've seen it a million times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I pieced out um, when Benny was like, oh. <laughs> but that's why that's why they fly back, which brings me to another point. Like he's taking parts of your body and stuff. Yeah. Like he took in before they make it back to Cairo. They like they make it out of the thing after awakening the mummy, right. and the only thing that happens is that one American gets his eyes and tongue ripped out by the creature, so that yeah. he can talk and see, which is dope. Like I love that part; it's such a good part of the movie. But why, when you get back to Cairo after being dragged through the desert, why are you taking visitors? Because how Benny gets Imhotep into the room alone with him is by saying he's an Egyptian prince. Okay, you just had your eyeballs. And your tongue ripped out? Why are you serving, trying to serve tea to, yeah. to royalty? You should be in bed in the hospital. Yeah. Not sitting in a chair and addressing you and being like, Oh, I'm sorry, I dropped my tea. It's like, yeah, it's because you don't have fucking vision anymore. Because your eyeballs are in him. It is a very strangely written scene. It's almost like a transition scene where they're just like, Oh, and then he would also like, your nose and shit. Yeah. What the fuck he's saying? And it's like this one guy is like, Why was I? Oh, and then yeah. he's just dead after that. Yeah, and it's like, why are you taking visitors? You're fucked up. Like, you're hurt. Yeah. Isn't he a doctor? Is that the character? Uh, I don't know. He was the nerdy-looking American. Yeah, he's the bookworm guy. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's lazy writing in that scene. Which, like, dude, like, you picked the wrong eyeballs to take. Just saying. Yeah, sure. He has glasses. <laughs> he's got glasses. I forgot. No offense, Andrew. Andrew's glasses. Good. Yeah, eat shit. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, okay, I'll admit it. One weird written scene. That's Yeah, that's the big thing. One weird like, scene. Besides the, like, the inappropriate, like, constant, like sexual assault of Evie because everybody always has to kiss Evie mm-hmm. even I, even the corpse that like yeah. whose mouth like starts rotting as soon as they start kissing it's true and then she's the cat and he's like, ah, I'm like yeah cats are dope um, but yeah and then like the same key opens every lock in that place yeah every time they find a new book 
or a new thing that takes a key, it's always the same fucking key. Andrew, are you going to question the vision of Steven Somers? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm All going the keys to. get to work. All the keys. Like, that's how. <laughs> if we're going to pick up that's a how piece, you let ancient evil out, Brendan. Just I know, saying. That's that's how we did it. Everything having the same key. The book that lets him go. The book that kills him. The box that's holding him. Well, the box that's holding the box that's holding him. You put the map in the fucking key. So when you open the key, oh look, there's a roadmap right to the coffin that says do not open. But they're gonna go open it anyway. What's the Book of the Dead called again? It's not Necronomicon. It's the Book of the Dead. It's just the Book of the Dead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, here's the thing though too. Like, look, I know you're, the key thing's bugging you, but like, look, if you saw that key like referenced in any fucking movie, wouldn't you go, oh, that's from The Mummy? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. We're at, yeah. <laughs> We can cut this part. We left enough silence. Um, yeah, I was just wondering because we don't have we don't have too much left to no. talk about. So. Well, I want to talk about one thing, which is fuck yeah. Benny. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, fuck Benny in this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. The guy who played Benny. This is this is an example of when a character or an actor plays a character so well that it fucks their career. Because like this guy just did not have roles after this. Yeah. And like I think it's because people were like, "Ugh, Benny." You're on the wrong side of the river, Benny. <laughs> I just didn't want to give him a career. I'm on the wrong, you're think, on the wrong side of yeah. the river. I think the last time I saw Benny, he was like a ba- like a secondary character in like Flight of the Dead Two, and I'm like, oh no, oh yeah, you're, that's not good. That's fair. I and mean, like to be fair, like I hate that kind of character. I hate yeah. the character that Benny plays. He's like obviously small from Aladdin, but the guy is so good. Yeah, he plays like, him really he plays well, him so well, and he has so many good jokes in it too. Where you're like, oh man, this guy fucking knocked it out of the park. He's the evil comic relief. Yeah, he's like, oh God, oh. <laughs> looks like you're on the wrong side. It's fucking great. I'm I love agree. the whole, I love the whole sand wall thing. Bastards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's so good in this. He always thing. sounds like Bartok from fucking yeah, he's like, uh, Anastasia to I me. I love the whole sandwall thing. Oh, yeah, the bat. Yeah. He also has this really neat thing. There's, like, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he first meets the mummy. When he first meets Imhotep. Oh, yeah. And he's, like, slowly backing away, and he just pulls out this huge necklace full of different, like religious symbols and he's just holding one up at a time reciting the prayer in the yeah. language and like it took me until this viewing which is honestly like 150 maybe like yeah. I've seen this movie a lot it took me until this like viewing to realize he's speaking a different language each time he does that yeah. and like it's just like you can assume that he knows how to speak that language yeah. right so like it actually shows off that Benny is actually really fucking smart. Yeah, he's a very intelligent guy. Like, he's actually a really smart fella. Like, I do love that his, like, all or nothing, too, is this big chain of fucking religion. He's like, I'm going to try each one until I get somebody. Yeah. And then eventually he's like, oh, you speak the language of the slaves. Yeah, because he's speaking uh, speaking Yiddish. Yeah, so he's like, oh, hey, you can serve me. Which is such a... I caught that this time around. I was like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Benny being, serves him because of a miscommunication. Being raised as a Christian kid, I picked up on that right away. Oh, okay. Because he was like, he was Egyptian, and like the Jews, like Jew, the Jewish nation built the pyramids because they were enslaved by the Egyptians at the time, right? That's right. what the whole story of Moses is. Oh, I see. Basically, right? Is the free is like Moses freeing the slaves from Pharaoh. Oh, okay. Right. So like, I did not the know Ten the story Commandments of Moses, for the whole parting of the river. Thing yeah, yeah. That that whole thing is. Um, Free, the freeing of the slaves from under Pharaoh's rule. Okay. So, like, as soon as that, like, I got that. For me, though, like, the real, like, poof, like, mind-blowing part is, like, oh, yeah, Benny can probably speak about six or seven languages. Yeah. 
He served like, the wrong people. That's what happened. He started in like the French Legion, the French Foreign Legion. So he obviously speaks like he obviously speaks French. He probably speaks Arabic. He speaks English. He speaks you know he probably speaks like Hebrew or Yiddish. He probably speaks like he prays in Chinese at one point. It's true. Like he at least knows a prayer, a full prayer in Chinese. <laughs> Like, Benny's not a dummy, but Benny is also a dick. Yeah, Benny knew one day he may come across something like this, though, and had that fucking big chain of stuff to be like, okay, look, hey. So, yeah, ultimately, Benny, I still think fuck Benny, though. He's an asshole. Well, how he but, dies, too, is, like, so fucking, like, it's, I, love, I love it, but I hate it, because it's literally, he puts a bag on a giant switch. Yeah. A giant lever that starts sinking the whole fucking city. I'm just like, really... Really Steven. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh, yeah, really Steven. <laughs> really Steven, who also made Van Helsing. Yeah. And G.I. Joe. Anyway. <laughs> You're not Joe material. No, he's not a Joe. But no, like, Benny is great. I love Benny as a character. He's hilarious. Look, he's great. Yeah, he's alright. I but still I like hate fuck him. Benny. Yeah, I still like fuck Benny, okay? He didn't come back for the sequel. Instead, no, well, we he, got, he was dead. <laughs> yeah, instead, we got a bunch of other characters that. Or kind of forgetting, forgetful. Yeah. But. Lastly, I think the last thing I want to talk about quickly is um, something that they mention in, like, especially when they first get to Hamanoptra. Yeah. And that's what I like to call the Indiana Jones problem. Okay. Because like I said earlier, I watched a lot of this kind of stuff. And there's this very thin line between a, a grave robber and a treasure hunter <laughs> versus a historian. Right? Like, when E.B. first is going out there, she is full gung-ho, like, we are going to learn history. Like, we are going to uncover history. Yeah. Her brother is like, no, we're going for fucking gold. Yes, like, that's the city of the gold. Place. Like, that's where the wealth of Egypt is said to be stored. I, I want some money. Yeah. And even Rick is like, yeah, no. He's like, I'm going point, for pay. <laughs> well, there's at one point when he's like, when he, like, flips out his duffel bag full of guns. And she's like, ooh, the book of the book of Osiris, so the book of Amun-Ra. He's like, oh, that's the book that's made of like solid gold, right? He's like, oh, you know your history. He's like, no, I know my treasure. Yeah. Like, that's a book of solid gold. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will say, too, I think that, like, okay, Indiana Jones is a, is a, is a good, like, helped inspire this, this movie, obviously. Oh, for sure. But this movie, I swear, man, helped inspire the Uncharted games. Because <laughs> mm. I think about it now, Nathan Drake and Rick O'Connell, similar guys. Not knowing the timeline of the, like, when the Uncharted came, games came out, Yeah, I could see that. Right? You know? Yeah. But that's just more of a, that was more of an observation I had just now. Or I'm like, you know what? But... Yeah. No, that's fair, because they, visually, you're right. Like, yeah. I mean, he does look like He's a failure, but yeah, he talks like him though. At the right? end of the day, yeah, acts like him a bit. I could totally like still uncovers a lot of the same weird, scary shit. Yeah, I could totally see that. Like, yeah, right, having some influence for sure. But you are right though. It's like Rick O'Connell is there. He's a he's a treasure hunter. That's why he's gone. Yeah. he's like, no, I know my treasure. Yeah. He's a treasure. Hunter. Yeah, and then and then you know, Graver. you know, hot chick in the desert. Yeah. Also, like again, only helps. woman in a thousand miles. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's another, like, it's just a problem with, like, movies made in this time. Like, this is, like, a constant thing throughout Hollywood and cinema that, like, female characters were usually very scarce, and when they were, they were always sexual objects in some form or fashion. And, like, this movie does suffer from that unfortunate yeah. trope as well, where it's like, there's one woman in this film, and every dude wants her, and she's hot. Yeah. I will say, they definitely did not hire her for her scream. Yeah, that's true. As far as horror screams go, not that great. Yeah, not really. Although Evie O'Connell, like, well, she's not O'Connell in this, but Evie as a character is pretty, like, 
she also is a little underrated and she remembered because like oh, oh no, sure. in the sequel she's like straight up one of the fucking like action heroes she's doing stunts firing guns being a badass and like that was on sword fighting people that was some yeah. Ellen Ripley shit that we desperately needed in the 90s and we did not have it yeah you know no I agree with you that she especially in the second one mm-hmm. she kicks like wholesale ass like she studied she like obviously Rick trained her and they've had like a bunch of adventures and stuff too yeah so like she's also a mom too it's like someone took her kids yeah, she's her like, kid's like seven. let's fucking go her kid's like 7 or 8 too in that movie like, yep. her kid's like a human being yeah I do appreciate they carry that over too it's like they do end up with riches that are left on the fucking camel because of Benny who yeah. kind of for them which okay good job Benny <laughs> you know and like they do get to be rich in the second film and that's why they have so much like at their disposal for when things get upgraded and they have like a, a whole yeah. fucking basically cult sect of people that are helping Emotep <laughs> get back on track I think that thing that made it and I know we're going we're talking about the sequel again oh yeah we're diving but in but the thing that made it such a good sequel is the fact that it did it was like a logical progression for their story yeah and then we almost didn't talk well I know you mentioned it we didn't talk about uh, the uh, fucking the Magi guy I forget his fucking name yeah, uh, but he's like a major character, and he's like super fucking awesome in the second movie as well. He's yeah in this character. I think in his this name book. is like McKay. No, it's like I don't know. We can we can always look it up if we want to, but that seems like work. <laughs> it does um, seem like work. Fuck that. In this movie, well, especially like for is the second Jacal? movie, anyway. for the second movie, I would definitely look it up because he is far more like he's a ma- he's, he's a, a bigger character. He's a major like he has his own like he has scenes where he's driving the scene and nobody else is in it in the second movie. Oh, that's true. In this movie he starts out as like the intent like as a like almost the villain character. Like until yeah. until we meet the mummy, he's the guy that's driving all the conflict. Like he's attacking them that's on the true. boat, he's attacking them on at their camp in the temple. It's like, true. That's the magi trying to take them out cuz yeah. they don't want them to get into the Yeah, cuz the they don't want them to free the mummy. Um they're free Imhotep. And I haven't rewatched these. I was like, oh yeah, there's those guys. They're in the first one too. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. that's not the same people. <laughs> but like, and you're like, yeah, he does join them, but not in, not until like mm-hmm. later, a little bit later in the game. Like he's around for like the end. He's around for like them getting there and like getting to set up the ending. It's true. Well, he and then hurt. he like semi-sacrifices himself so that he they can like get away with the book they need. But like... No, he he's next to Tommy Gun jumping on there with fucking Winston. Yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of um, cool. And that's yeah, that that character is a little forgettable in this one. He's a little flat. He has some great moments. You're right, though, yeah. like with like like especially when they're on the when Winston, the old yeah. symbol of colonialism, yeah. is flying them back to Hominoptera, which like giant eagle moment. Like you guys could oh, have yeah. flown the whole fucking time. Yeah, he's still um, drunk. <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> COVID. Excuse me. Fuck off. Um, but no, like when he's on the wings with Winston, oh, it's yeah. so funny. Uh, but there, there are moments where like oh, yeah. he's, he's there. He's just another bullet in the like, fucking. Hey Winston, yeah, how you doing? I'm great. And he's like, I, how you doing? He's yeah. like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I love that scene. Yeah, but yeah, no, like, how are you doing, John? He's not I'm just dead. He's not. Uh, he's not that important of a character in this movie. Like yeah. he is, but he isn't. He's a herald, you know. He's there to warn, you know, yeah. and be a guide at certain points. For sure, you know. Isn't it like he doesn't join them for the final fight, or am I remembering that wrong? No, he's not involved in the final fight. Yeah, he like, there, pre, he like pre-sacrifices himself, kind of. He's not. He's not really. He is involved in the final fight in the second one, but in more of a secondary way. He's kind of leading. He's the leading Magi his army. Magi army against the Anubite 
Fuck. I mean, that giant are cool, man. Which is a dope fucking scene. Yeah. Like, those can... those fight scenes are yeah, amazing. Yeah, the big man. fucking, like, Osiris fucking warrior guys and shit. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, yeah. these movies are... These movies fuck, okay? Yeah. These movies fuck hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything else I can say about this movie. Yeah, at this point, I'm basically just, like, over-celebrating how much I love yeah, the movie. Yeah, we're just like, repeating points about like, how good this movie is. Yeah, Cars on the Table. I didn't know if I was going to be able to say anything bad about The Mummy. This is a film I had nothing but good things to say about, and, and I can't not give it a full fucking recommendation. Watch this, and then watch the sequel. Oh, yeah. Watch this one, and then, yeah, definitely watch the second yeah. one within a few days. Like, yeah. I might watch that this weekend. I think I might. I'm like, I just, just watch them both. Yeah. I have that box set, and I'm going to just burn the third one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just burn the third it's one. Yeah. Gone. Well, but, it's about that time. For it's about that time to draw your next movie. We've let's got, see what Bob thinks. Fucking, let's see what Bob's thinking this time. Um, I think you drew the mummy? I did. I drew last time. So. <laughs> Oh. Don't fuck it up, Andrew. What's it gonna be? Oh. That's not what the two shows. What is it? We were watching. Oh! 1997's Starship Starship fucking Troopers. Fuck yeah, man! Oh, that's what kills some bugs, sir! (laughs) Fantastic! I also love this film. I just wanna kill some bugs, sir! This film, I'm gonna. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I know, I just rewatched this too. I'm gonna watch it again. Yeah, dude, I watch this movie like once every three months. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Would you like to know more? <laughs> Alright. Uh, for, for Random Cinema, I've been Andrew. I've been Brennan. And we will see you next time. Bye. Here we are, about to save the day.